G'day punters, welcome to uh, the Deep Dive, powered by puntingform.com.au, sectional data. Uh, we're going to look, we're going to deep dive Eagle Farm with Shane Shelley. Then we're going to move and just quickly touch on uh, Randwick. I'm not going to go into Randwick in too much detail. Then we'll look at Flemington and we'll finish off at Belmont. Uh, this is also made possible by betfair.com.au. We'll be talking about the late betting and where the big betting races were. Uh, Anything else that's brought to you by it? No, that is it. Shane, Peter, how are you, boys? All good here, thanks, mate. Yeah. Crystal? I'm, I'm, I'm very good. It's been a positive weekend, and that's about all I have to say because I'm not positive for COVID. But the wheel's turning as far as uh, the, the gropers are concerned, which, again, is not a reference to uh, some kind of fondling. It's a reference to the Western Australian sort of groper. <laughs> but the wheel's turning, Peter, yeah? Yeah, yeah. we got nailed. Um, we traded a dollar three with uh, She's God to You um, after taking a, a good price early. So, yeah, it was, it was good. <laughs> Could have Shane, had it winning, though. Shane, big, big week for you. Like a stack of meetings. How'd you pull up from them? And uh, any lessons learnt in handling them all? Because it's a. It's a unique situation, I guess. Like you, you've got so many betting opportunities, and just trying to identify which ones are worthwhile, I guess. Yeah, it was a long week. Um, I suppose, like I mentioned last week, that we're sort of the the calendar's back to some type of normality in Queensland. So the the the, the, uh, the races or the meetings that we're betting into sort of condense into Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and pretty full on. Um, I think it's yeah. Look, I'm not too disappointed. Obviously, the results were a bit sickening. We've I don't know. I've had that many seconds um, since I've started the service over a wagering week, but there was a lot of them. Um, I suppose just to try just to try and be patient and not force them, and um, and try not to get too great up. Uh, yesterday was a classic example. We were on we we're on a horse early at two fifty that SP to dollar seventy and hit the front at the fifty meter pole. Uh, and the leaders kicked back and beat us. And then in the last race, we've taken $2.30. Better horse that I thought would start in the red, and it's drifted to three thirty, and and it's you know one, it's won comfortably after getting held up for you know twelve hundred and fifty meters of a thirteen hundred meter race. So those little things can grow you up, um, particularly after a long weekend's wagering. But yeah, the uh, the bets are okay. The results are up and down. I think the. Uh some of the feedback I've gotten from Shane stuff over the weekend is we've started uh, to handle like the, the workload for Shane. We've built uh, the punting form worksheet, so you'll get his speed maps, his prices, and some comments for each and every race at the say the Eagle Farm card on the weekend. And uh, some of like your loyal guys really appreciating sort of more of an insight. So I think it's a really good tool for anyone out there who rates Shane and wants to sort of take their punting to the next level. It's a really good insight into how he's working and how he's operating. So that'll be for each and every uh, Metro meeting in Queensland on the Saturday. Um, let's look at Eagle Farm. Where do we want to start? Broken Arrows has clocked the fastest last six, four and two of the day in winning race one. Uh He'd want to, or she'd want to, because they went 10.2 below the all-average to the 600. So they've flown home off the slowest tempo of the day to the 600. The biggest figure of the day was just Jammy Lady in race nine, ahead of uh, Elixir in race three. Elixir's performance probably more impressive the way I read data. 
But uh, what are your thoughts, Shane? You'd probably start with the first. We we had something on for Miami, thinking we'd get a soft lead and, and might give them something to catch. It certainly got the soft lead. There was had some question marks around Garibaldi's ability slash um, will to win and just thought that broken arrows would sit sort of last and not be able to get over the top of those two. and um, It just left them standing. It was a pretty pretty good performance. I um, thought the track played fair throughout the day and sort of pretty comfortable to sort of think that after the first race when a horse can come from last off the soft tempo and, um, you know, the second horse was still out in the centre of the track and um, the winner come from last and went past it. So um, that played... I thought from the start that, you know, horses were going to get its chance. Um, mentioned Elixir there. He was uh, a horse that we were on last start and didn't follow up. It's um, managed to get a, a good ride from Huxtable, burst through and uh, put them away, which is um, not a bad effort. So what we're starting to see here at, the Seagull, at these Metro meetings now, we're starting to see some consistency of these horses racing against each other. Um, you know, we've got one more meeting next week at the Sunshine Coast, which has a couple of listed races on the card, and I think that'll be the end of... Um, you know, seeing, um, you know, these better horses that have been up for a while during now sort of tempered winter carnival campaign. So these horses now will start, we'll start to see them pretty regularly. Um, probably a couple out of that meeting, out of that race, particularly that elixir race that punters could keep their eye on. Um, a cargo, uh, it went around at $55 on the fair, but it's a horse that likes Eagle Farm and it ran well. Uh, I thought it ran well first up and Another horse out of that same race, Rosie Posey, another horse that ran well. And I think, um, you know, it also went around at big odds. I think there are a couple of horses that you could keep in mind out of that race. Um, the other what race about that you plenty? Mentioned. Yeah. Um, look, it's... X Waller. Yeah, I think it had won three on the trot um, before Saturday in similar type class. Um, you know, just being able to sort of sit back off decent tempos and, and win... Um, you know, Stu Kendrick's done a good job with these tried horses. He had a, fit, a couple of these that fit this profile, and plenty was a bit of a nonny, I think, when Waller had it, and it's come up here, and I think he strung three on on the trot. Um, it used to be a really, really nice parader. I remember back in it. I'm sure it raced at Mooney Valley. Let me just, yeah, it did. Yeah. Yep. Four forty and seven dollars, and ran second and third. So I was on both times in the maiden. In a maiden. Yeah, it's won two Saturday races up here since. So yeah, look, it's like it, once again, it's sort of met. You know, they're all that's a horse that sort of met its mark. Now it won, it's won its you know a few on the trot through its grades, and and now it sort of you know gets this consistent. It'll be around the money this level. Um, but yeah, he's um, you know he's had his last couple of runs in benchmark eighty fives, and you know just finished three lengths off him where you know he's won through his grades at seventy five level in metros. So a little bit hard to grade. He's maybe may on his mark. I'm not sure where to from here for that little horse like him. What do you make of um, Eagle Farm is being renovated again? Well, I've seen that, I've seen that on Twitter, um, a 10-week hiatus and putting more sand on. Um, it's hard to get a, hard to get anything out of um, the BRC. They don't sort of let a lot out um, when it comes to that sort of news. It's pretty much propaganda comes out of there. Um, especially on the track. Um, look, it's, it's, I don't know. Look, I thought Saturday's played as good as it has. Um, they upgraded the track prior to race one. Still they talk- really fanned, they fanned out every race, didn't they? Like, you yeah. weren't sure where to look. 
they're still talking about, you know, it's firm and that sort of thing. And uh, look, I don't know. I've given up. I'm certainly not a green farmer. And I just, like, it's just so well, hard. We to... all know that at the mailbag. You, you find yourself a gardener. So it's just so hard to point read. Of view, it must be hard to sort of, well, particularly at the moment in Queensland, one of the things I sort of feel sorry for you about is the, the changing, um, sort of the plays changing all the time for you. You've got all these trainers in the shit, all these stables in the shit, which, which as a pro, you know affects... Like it's yeah. going to have an effect, and then it's hard to figure out the effect. But you want to keep betting. Now we've got a track that you're starting to get a handle on. They're probably going to change this track again, and that's one of the two big tracks up there. So Makes it must be hard to sort of just get that nice. There's nothing better, in my opinion, as a pro, than just like that good rhythm. Like it'll happen in spring where you just build a profile on horses, you build a really good profile on tracks, and you move to Flemington and then back to the valley and. Yeah, that horse will improve at the valley because you know how the valley's going to race, etc. And you're exactly. going to you're sort of losing a little bit of that with the the constant changing of the of the sort of the play for you up there. Yeah, and there's a massive there's a stark contrast also between Brisbane, uh, between Eagle Farm and Doomben. So I thought you've got a Doomben you can you know a drawing Doomben track's always hard to make ground. For example, you know. Um, uh, you know, Eagle Farm has been difficult to get a to get a consistent pattern, and, and now that you know, felt like we've started to sort of put a few meetings together where you can sort of start, you know, revise yeah. on that track data, that historical track data, and now another renovation comes up. So, um, I've, I've probably got to check it to make sure that's going to be confirmed. But I did read it on social media about a ten-week uh, renovation. Oh, I saw that as well. That's yeah. So, I, uh, so if you if you if you throw a ten-week renovation into our current programming, well, that means. Does that mean ten meetings in a row at Doom and on a Saturday, or are we going to see a meeting at the Sunny Coast and and or you know, yeah, or the Gold Coast? So all those things uh, definitely definitely make it uh, difficult to get patterns. And um, you know, you, you touched on about trainers being in the shit and that sort of thing. Um, I had a bit of feedback from a few friends of the show about uh, that I might have been leaning towards a few conspiracy theories last week, talking about a few. Uh, well, you know, hey, it's nothing wrong with that because. Jonathan Walsh has tipped, I reckon, like easily in my memory, the best he's ever tipped in his life on the mailbag. And this is fresh off the Alien Doco like binge that he's been on. He tipped these like the card just about a movie at Flemington on Saturday. So I think if you're looking at conspiracy theories, you're questioning reality. You're looking a little bit deeper, and it has a positive effect on your form analysis, and therefore you're betting. Look, I, 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 look, I'll put it. I'm going to put it out there anyway. Look, I. I marked um, in a few of the systems that I use from puntingform.com. I marked the date, I marked the date that um, RaceNet came out with that explosive article about Robert Heathcote calling everyone a cheat and pre-race drenching of horses is prevalent in rampant. I think the words were. So um, you know, I, I, I do run the ruler across the results since the date of that um, article being published, and that's just you know, let's I don't know, call that. I think I'm trying to think outside the square a little bit. I suppose to see some just looking for yeah, the hardest worker in, or in inconsistent, the room, which is why you get the results. Um, another thing I noticed um, on Saturday, and this is not a conspiracy theory, but this is just something um, that you should take notice of of big stables. Is I've seen some money for the Waller Runners on Saturday. Um, there was um, there was a few good goes and a few, a few horses that um, you know were backed, and you've got to respect the stable. Um, they seem to be. Is presenting these horses in, on these, you know, bit better days, I suppose, for this black type. I touched on it the other week, and um, 
You know, we've seen it. Um, you know, Fiesta's ran second. It was solid money for it. You know, it was only like I'm only when I'm saying solid money, like it was you know nineteen dollars into sort of thirteen, fifteen dollars, but it was stayed solid on the fair as well. Oh, I think this is a great point because you'll hear people talk, and it's utter noise in my opinion. You guys give your own opinions here, but they'll say, "Oh, the horse went from twenty dollars to eighteen dollars, or or twenty to fifteen, and then someone will say oh, that only means it's like a two and a half percent increase in its chance of winning. It's just utter shit. The horse, it, it's just constantly, there's a big market there trying to bet here. So if the horse isn't a $20 chance, it'll drift. And if it is, it'll, it'll firm. And there's, there's a lot more merit in saying 2% than if a horse is real steady or just trims into 1918. Because yeah. everyone's trying to push that out or push that in. And it's a, there's a tipping point in every market. So I, I think you're spot on. The horse what? doesn't have to hemorrhage at that price to be like respected. And, you know, it's just something to take note of. Like in the race before, I, you know, yeah, the results mightn't have reflected it, reflected, but you know, a, a couple of horses that I had marked substantially longer in the market from the Wallyo was Gresham. You know, he doesn't win out of turn. It was, you know, it halved at eight fifty at nine am into four four fifty. Yeah, it was still it was still nine dollars at you know half past one in the afternoon, and it's it's halved its quote late in the day. Uh, Mangione was another one that was solid, both fixed odds and the fair, and I think that's a good indicator from that stable. You know, the horses. That stable's going well, and you start to see that. We saw that um, big go in that on that maiden there at the Gold Coast during the week. Um, that was twelves into four sixty and, and and gapped them. So the stable's so going well. Do, they're do running well, but they're the, running to market. For the punter at home, do you think that you can follow the Walla money uh, across Australia or just in Queensland? I don't really. I don't know enough about outside. I'll tell you what Me I did. I tell you what I did do. Is you look at we talk about trainers' strike rate, but um, I don't know of another trainer in Australia that would have as many runners as Waller would per race. So I break down um, Chris Waller's horses' stats in Queensland by race, not by runner. Um, we've seen it here over the carnival where you'd have five and six runners in every six in every two thousand meter race or above. And to say that he's striking at ten percent is unfair because he's got six runners in one, in one race. So I'm I'm breaking down the statistics, um, you know, and looking at the market support for those that run well. Um, yep. There is a consistent. There has been a consistency there that the horses that um, are expected to run well by market uh, uh, seem to be running well here. I'm not sure whether that correlates elsewhere, but his winning strike rate in in Queensland is a lot higher than than what you than what the actual raw stats give it credit for because of those multiple runners. Kills, can I just touch on Humboldt Current for a second? Um, it was actually the most traded horse in play on the weekend around Australia. 60,000 matched on Humboldt Current. The second was actually also an Eagle Farm um, with 42,000 on Royal Witness. But Humboldt Current beat the stablemate for the Waller team, Stardome. Did you have any opinion of that race? Because Humboldt Current was absolutely bolting before the turn, and I'm not surprised that there was a truckload of cash just thrown at it. Yeah, I've just got my worksheets here, um, thanks to planningform.com.au, that I sent to subscribers from the meeting. Um, we didn't set that up either, by the way. That was just excellent. <laughs> but, um, yeah, look, I'll probably, I'll probably um, slight error from probably my position here. Just, I was a little bit unsure, um, you know, tempo and map, suited i actually had it sent the horse out at four dollars 19 um it sort of traded around that sort of 420 440 mark and then late you know got to 540 on the did it sp5 something 589 yeah, yeah it's sp589 so 
Obviously. Which is a really big push just before we continue for, for Betfair. Like if you are just a small punter and you've had $10 on it at, say, the average price of the corporates, you've got $48 back. If you've had $10 on it at Betfair, you've got $59 back. It's just, you put a zero on that, that's enormous. Yeah, every time. Absolutely so, enormous. Um, you know, Stardome's ran second in the race and it was another horse that was solid in the market. Um, a lot of money came for the uh, David Van Dyke running um, on the fixed odds disillusion. I think it was basically 11s into $7. Big uh, owner behind that, big betting owner, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's just the Van Dyke stable. You know, we've spoken about this before. It's one of those, you know, I think I said last week you were striking at like 30% and winning it for some ridiculous amount profit on turnover if you flat stake all these runners. So you always respect the money. That sort of half put me on the back foot a little bit. Um, but yeah, like, you know, in the run, um, I suppose um, Oceanatic was another horse that was in the market that drifted and settled further back than what a few would have anticipated. So. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I suppose in the run, it did look travelling the whole way, and I could see why the money come for it. But um, yeah, like, like I said earlier, the, the Waller Stable is going super. Um, it's a matter of me sort of diving a little bit deeper now to look at whether it's the quality of horses being sent here because of the the black type, etc., that's available, um, and then sort of compare that to the off season stuff where. You, the it's good rate. to know you can still trust the still trust the market with the Lambing Stable, though. They've always been good for that. Jamaican Rain in the last was utterly, utterly friendless. Opened sort of around the $5.50 mark at 9am and probably jumped north of 10 on the fair. Yeah, uh, Horse good. with huge ability, uh, been scratched the race day a few times and uh, very soft to the market and went shit house. Wouldn't mind betting that it goes to the glass house next week and um, burns. Hemorrhages and runs a big race. Seen it the last two years, we'll see it again this, this year probably. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. I, I I thought I don't even know what that race was called or like what like, but I, I thought, oh, this is a beautiful little setup job. Yeah, look, the horse that was probably yeah, this is a, a great example of looking at the market. Uh, Love you, Lucy was a horse that was very soft. Um, was there, certainly soft on the fair, uh, sort of nine, sort of nine ten dollars, sort of around that mark most of the morning. I think it's SP fifteen plus the fair. Yeah. You know, so he's a, you know, um, you know, Barry Square, you know, 80-year-old trainer that still rides work. Like, there's certainly nothing untoward going on here. He's got this horse going well. He's got it in a listed race um, and was very stiff on the day. Like, take nothing Probably away. Probably should have won. Yeah, take nothing away from Jamie Lady who led and, and, you know, put up, raced on speed and put up the best figure. But, you know, love you, Lucy. Never got clear air until very late and she's ran super. So, um you know, without putting too much of a conspiracy theorist hat on, there's certain traders and certain, certain stables that you that you take big note of firms or drifts, and there's other stables where you just take the opinion of the, the, the someone's against this or map or something or some other. You know, Queensland was a uh, was a, a real bit of fresh hell for Barry the Bot, which is the bot that Pete and I operate. Uh, it was on here: Panino, Love You Lucy, and Fiesta. I think all three. <laughs> if Boris, if Boris had gone just a little bit slower on Jamie Lady, oh, and and the thing, the thing on the Gold Coast. Should we talk about that quickly? Yeah. The thing that was north of it was about a dollar ninety, maybe two dollars um, nine a.m. Just trying to get it up. Uh, what race was it? Do you remember, Peter? Were you talking race three? 
No, race five, the Gold Coast. Uh, the bot doesn't discriminate with price. Oh, Invictus Prince. Invictus oh. Prince. This thing was a dollar dollar ninety, sort of almost two dollars when I loaded the thing up in the morning. Thought that'd be sweet. It's loaded into this thing a dollar forty five. I've seen the exposure, so I've checked what it was. <laughs> Holy hell, this is big. This thing, it was a, a four hundred meter race. It was off the bit at the eight hundred. So the, the the caller, you could hear him in his voice. He wanted to say it can't win at the eight hundred, but he waited till about the four five hundred, then said it's it's, it's fucked. Uh, and Jesus Christ, it hurt. I don't know, like what what do you say about this? Um, I, like, I, I was trying to explain this to my missus. I was like, in the morning, the market's saying this thing's a very, very good chance of winning. But when they say it's an even better chance of winning, it's, it's just like it's, it's going to win. I don't know what to say. It was like it was never winning. You put it in the right spot. I don't know what possible excuse you could come up with there. I thought a dollar seventy-five was good shopping. Um, well, it was uh, at the time, and I thought, oh, you don't really need to be blasting you know too much here and then it was a dollar seventy dollar sixty five it just continued to shorten um unexplainable really i don't know i honestly don't know what how what excuse you could toss up it's it was just shocking it's um i don't want to sort of inflict too much more mental anguish on myself but there was horses of similar sort of profile that ran saturday night as well that i that i did manage to fall into that um produced a similar result so wasn't a day for the shorties um, where I was playing anyway in Queensland, but um, yeah, this one I don't know. How, I don't know what, how you explain it. The stewards was report was stewards. The stewards report revealed nothing. Um, nothing. The trainer Matthew Smith would. What um, did the stewards report say? Uh, race below expectation. Something similar to that. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> trainer Matthew. Smith. I thought it was bad down here. Trainer Matthew Smith will report back to um, stewards, though, I believe, with any 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 findings um, of a, an examination. But if he, if he doesn't sweep, he'll nominate in two weeks. Back to Jeez. Sydney. Back Keep to, betting. Back to Sydney and winning a 78 at, at Warwick Farm or something, getting up the fence or something like that, probably. <sighs> yeah, strange one. Um, no abnormalities. A swab was taken. Um, trainer will advise of any... Issues that come to light in the following few days. All right. Anything else we should talk about up there in Queensland, boys? Um. Oh, there's a little bit of action on Twitter last night about a about a race at the Gold Coast. Um. I, I want to touch on this. I don't want to take take all the time up on the deep dive, but I really want to. No, touch- you take as long as you want, mate. You take your time. What race we're we looking at? So we're looking at yesterday at the Sunshine Coast. We're looking at race seven. Uh, if you can, sort of, bit of a question without notice here to, for you. Yeah, no, I know the race. Couldn't find the data. Barry back the winner. Did he? Yeah, found it. He must have had the inside info. Uh, info. You're talking about contemptuous. Contemptuous. Yeah, there was two horses there that were short price favourites. Uh, I think it was back to back races, race six, race seven. Uh, two very short price favourites. I think they were the heavily, heavily traded horses pre jump on the fair. So this is, uh, actually, I'll touch on both races, only that I believe that in race six, Sulking was resuming first up for the Edmund Stable off a wind operation. Oh, like, this fascinates, this, this utterly how, fascinates uh, me, this thing. Like how, in this, in, in 2020, 
horses are have to be uh, stewards need to be notified when when horses are gelded and it goes into the form guide. How the effing hell is this is a wind operation not required to have the same information put out upon us? So this horse because 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 stewards and and um, racing officials have have got away with treating punters with contempt for about 50 years and turnovers up curly record it's, levels of turnover because there's nothing else to bet on so they're back they're patting themselves on the back mate they're, they're happy with what's going on so it's unbelievable this horse has gone around dollar 80 on top sport um this is sulking i'm talking about in race six hemorrhaged Goes around at a dollar eighty. It's two thirty into a dollar dollar eighty, something like that, on the fixed. Um, big, big go. Solid the fair at a dollar ninety, which is fine for a horse that's SPing a dollar eighty. Um, a horse called King Klaus, which was coming off a sand track win at Gimpy uh, <laughs> and resuming here, absolutely torched it from the get go. Put it away in the straight, and has only been run down late. Um, and Sulking's a dollar eighty white flag at the two hundred and fifty meter mark, and uh, has missed a place. It's ran fit. Now, honestly, fucking, how is that not? Like, how is that information not in the stewards' report? Uh, in the in a form guide, right? Go to race seven. This is this will do me. This I tell you. Talk about transparency in wagering and in racing, right? Contemptuous, contemptuous. What did it open up? What was it after the scratch? Dollar sixty-five. Oh, well, this, $1. this $1. thing was going to run poorly by a look at the market to me. Dollar sixty-five <laughs> at topsport.com. No, yeah, at, at fixed odds. Go. At, that was at dollar sixty-five. Seven minutes before the jump. Right. What's it SP on the fair? It's Do- it's a dollar eighty fixed. Is it a dollar ninety the fair? A dollar eighty-three. But over the last ten minutes, it's gone from one dollar seventy-one. It's hit a high of about a dollar ninety, and then yeah, SP at one dollar eighty three. But it was all just that way. So it's uh, look, it's sat outside the leader, right? And it travels proper, right? Boris gives it a, a tap, like a little backhander, like one of these ones. Yeah. To see just any clicking? Like, just just a clicking up one gear. We don't want all the gears. Just no, no. So tempo we... slightly, my boy. He, he sidles up outside the leader and puts it into second. And um, and there's... But the horse... Okay, so the horse is... I don't know. Like, I'm no vet. I can't understand. I didn't see anything... I didn't see anything in the run other than Boris just look across to his left to see um, Jimmy Orman sailing past him on Vogue Rock and then he just sits there plays statues, right? Now, I'm, I'm not invested in the race at all, but it looks shit out. To say the least, right? So I'm saying, okay, Boris is no deal. There's obviously an issue with his horse. Well, you know, let's have a look at the stewards' report before we get on Twitter and start blowing up. Um, <laughs> I read the stewards' report, right? The stewards' report, and the owners like, honestly, how's this? How's this work? Oh, there's 140 odd thousand traded on this horse, and if you've got any connection to the stable at all, 139 thousand out of his yours laying it for your life, <laughs> because the stewards' report says. Horse travelled strongly. He placed the horse under pressure, didn't respond, become concerned for the horse's action, and felt there's something amiss. Fair enough. Okay. So no, no knock That's Boris. fair. No knock Boris. That's fair. Further added that the horse made an abnormal respiratory noise and added to that 
that the stable has had concerns that the horse may have a breathing issue. <laughs> Trainer Steve O'Day confirmed the stable had previously had concerns that the horse may have a breathing issue. Mr O'Day was advised that he must provide <laughs> was a um, like, <laughs> if it wasn't so serious, uh, if you honestly, think I'm laughing and I shouldn't be laughing, when you deal with this shit every day, you just got to laugh about it. This is like faulty tower stuff. Like that is a, like to me, like I don't know, like the whole wind operation. I'm not saying this horse has had or needs a wind up. I'm not getting involved in that. Um, but a horse that has had a wind up needs to be discussed. Now, if when a horse drifts in the market and the stewards are asking for an explanation and the trainer says, yeah, we reckon it might have a wind problem, right? The, the, the punters deserve a few questions being asked and a bit, of a, look, a bit of a look into, say, a Betfair record or something to put punters at ease. Um, the it, fact that you even then can mention that and say those words highlights how fucked it all is because that is just common sense. It, it, look, it, I'm not now. I'm not saying that anyone's done anything wrong. All right, but in racing, in racing, it's probably in general, but particularly in Queensland, everyone is guilty until proven innocent, and everything's a raw. That's basically what Queensland is known for, and its racing is known for. So, so to try and clean up the image, these are the sort of things that you know the Queensland the Queensland stewards could be doing. Um, but race day, I'm talking about race day stewards. You know, I'm not talking about these investigations that have made the headlines or accusations and those sorts of things. I just meant on race day stuff. It brings some confidence back. It looked, visually, it was terrible to look at. Go and do the, go and have a look at the replay. No no knock on Boris or anything there at all. He thought there was an issue with the horse, so he sat on it. You know, we just need to, it just needed to follow up a few questions. Um, yeah, which is 100% genuine. If, if a jockey feels a horse isn't travelling, then they're going to slow down 100%. Because if a horse just stops... And then there's yep. a high risk of a, of a fall for that for that rider, which obviously they want to avoid, and so they should. But just to top off how sickening this race is, and I I didn't watch it, but the winner was eleven dollars into seven. So just to confirm that they that if I'm just looking at this race, if it's anywhere, any state, any country, this is a hot go. I couldn't believe the money for the winner, um, and just led, travelled, and pissed in anyway that's queensland hopefully uh it can it can heed some of your advice there curls which i agree with 100 percent. pistol any other thoughts on queensland boys anything or we'll move on to flemington play on i've, I've had my rant thanks for that <laughs> my fifth therapy session's over that was really good. That was really <laughs> good you're welcome to stay on if you want to as we discuss flemington and belmont are quickly going to look at rare week though peter Yes, Randwick. Um, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to say here? Oh, look, we'll just do a quick glance over the meeting. Um, as anyone who would have watched any of the races Rails here at Randwick. Rails and Run, pretty good. Rails and Run, strongly advantaged. Forward was strongly advantaged. Lanes one and two in the straight, really strongly advantaged. Anything wider than lane five was cast. Um, in terms of the best figures on the day, the best figure overall was Space Boy with 11 lengths above on the punting 
form.com.au all average benchmark. The next best was Fanciful Dream in the same race of 8.2 and then you're to, uh, going to my High Opinion in race four. Funnily enough, High, high opinion, opinion did all the work early. That was a proper staying test, that race. They, the race went 16.8 lengths above the all average to the 600. That yeah. is like flying. And it was also the highest, the highest betting race on the card as well was that High Opinion race. Um, but look, let's be honest, it ran with heavy nine, heavy bias if you're playing before the meeting started good luck to you and you're probably well if you found any of the winners you obviously are happy but otherwise you got burnt so what more needs to be said it's sydney during winter it's still underwater despite their sunny skies and rugby league and um, well speaking of rugby league and it might have been the heavy track it might have been how biased it was uh, it might have been a number of things but the top five biggest bet races in australia on saturday didn't feature anything from New South Wales or Randwick. Uh, they were Flemington races one, two, four, six, and then Belmont race four with the good horse showmanship, which we'll get to later. Yep. Anything stand out to you, mate, from Randwick that we want to take forward or just too hard? Legitimately do not care about Sydney racing, Dickens. I, I could could not care less. Beautiful. I am with you. Let's try and find an angle when we do the form next time, but just oh. trying to review such a bias. Heavy track is just pointless. I think that you get nothing out of it. Let's move to Flemington, where the biggest figure on the day was Sir Coney. Uh, Sir Coney's done a 14.6 above the all-average benchmark punters, which is just enormous. Sir Coney's previous peak, or the previous start, it went 1.2 above the all-average when it almost won there at Caulfield. They walked over, over 2,000. It was real, as Pistol Pete would say, handle bars down here from Stackhouse. He let this thing do what it does best, and that was roll along at a really fast tempo. Uh, hats off to the Nick Ryan stable, who have had this horse for this whole preparation, but never before. And the horse has run a new career peak by an absolute mile. Its previous best was not north of 10. Might have been a oh, I don't know, 12.9 at Caulfield once. I, like, this is just beast mode from this horse. Um, makes that Miramar race look pretty good back at Caulfield, which is that WTU uh, Harbour Views race. I think you can follow those horses with proper confidence now. Um, also at Flemington, Music Bay, really big ride, Willow. I feel uh, this is. I, I bet into. I sort of I sent three of the four first four winners out on top if I was a tipster, but I didn't back any of them. Um, I backed Alcione to beat Cherry Tortini, even though I thought Cherry Tortini was the most likely. That is sort of the prices Alcione or whatever we're calling that was the better bet. Uh, I've watched the replay forty five times, looked at the data. <laughs> I think I was right. Um, how slow they have gone, yeah. and that again. The incompetence of the leaders in this race has utterly blessed uh, the winner and the second horse, both blessed. But how slow they went, and the fact that John Allen sat three wide no cover for the entire race, I think our sound could have been more positive here and probably won. Uh, it sort of it came again on the line at him. It's, it it's just odd. Looking it at odd. the splits, just looking at the splits, it, the horses slowed to an equal amount as the rest of the field from the, the 1,000 to the 800. And then from the 800 to the 600. So as you said, it's sitting three wide, no cover. They've slowed down and he's still just sitting there. Oh, I can't get over it. I really... I, 
it, it obviously doesn't make any sense to a lot of people because I keep saying this, and every time we say something too offensive or controversial, that someone will get in touch with us who, who does watch and listen, but they don't listen when we're talking about this. So I'm going to say it one more time. From the 1,200 to the 1,000, the leader went 12.04 seconds. Slow. From the 1,000 to the 800, they went 13 seconds. They slowed down by a whole second in 200 metres. From the 800 to the 600, the leader went 13.32. They slowed down again. So all that's doing is that it's just letting the horses behind build momentum into this race. It's, it utterly blesses horses that have got momentum. And that's why the two horses in the finish were like the three-wide line. Yeah. Unfortunately, we were the one towing the other thing in. But um, I think there is grave concerns over the form out of this race. It could all well be superstars, but you just can't stamp anything off this ridiculously slow tempo. Um, and this, the last sort of... The, the winner and the second horse have basically matched motors the whole way home. It's just the momentum of Billy Egan's ride versus the moment, momentum of John Allen's ride was mm. the difference here. Um, I, I think both horses, off what they've done here, are very evenly matched. I think Toys on Fire... Uh, the fact that we backed this thing to win a Sandown fucking maybe a maiden last start makes me ill. It was huge here again. Um, outside that, the race very hard to read because they've just gone so, so slow. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, I didn't have Lord Belvedere on top. I almost backed Al Farris. So there's some mental health <laughs> save. Just, like, fuck, if I had to back that. If he just went a little bit quicker, you can have a look at, again, we'll, we'll have a little look at the, the sectional breakdown of race, uh, race, two. race two. Yeah. But the eight to the six is clearly slower than the ten to the eight. All that's doing is just slowing down while they're catching up to you. In a race, in a, in a race to a finish line, uh, yeah, just utterly would have been great up, but avoided uh, mental anguish here. Uh, was pretty confident that um, Sense of Honor would win, but just didn't want to get stuck in at the price. Same with Persan. The Persan race, uh, um, saw a bit of action on Twitter, uh, along with a lot of bat pat, bat pats on the back from Big Tom. Anything. Um, They've got 11.6 below the all-average to the 600 here, Pistol. If anyone thinks these horses are going to win derbies, I want to get what they're, what they're smoking, and I want to smoke a lot of it because um, they're having a good time. There is nothing that they've done that suggests these horses are any good. A little bit like race three, though. You can't sort of say they're not, but it's just ludicrous to suggest that they are at this stage. The <laughs> tempo is so disgustingly slow. They haven't broken the all-average benchmark. No. The winner went 17.2 lengths slow for the class. Yeah, like... (laughs) I think... I think... I think Jai's ride here is outstanding. But... If he lost, you could probably be bagging him for going too slow. Yeah. But he, if you look at the sectionals of the winner, he's just gently increased on the way home when he broke when he broke the race up, which was a really nice move. Uh, I thought it was a great ride by Jai. Just uh, sickeningly slow, and the horses who were snicked here to the back, just God help them. 
the yeah. riders. And nothing says look. nothing says Group One splits about this uh, this horse. Yeah, well, you could see Oliver didn't want to sort of be as far forward as he was, but now it makes sense. Like, yeah, they've the... gone that slow. Persan has recorded a decent figure after this previous start. So I think it's got good ability, and hence why it put this field away. But there's nothing to this race that suggests it's any good. Um, backed great again to win race five. Looked like I was home. I thought we were. Um, Lord Von Costa, I sort of pushed it on the previous show. Proper straight horse. Um, really let down. Big last 200. Um, even race. 5.9 fast to the six, and 6.4 fast home, the all average there. So... Did at both ends, proper race, good form race, uh, follow, follow, follow. Uh, yeah. I think the, the performance of the day, though, might be this um, Cordelia in race nine. Um, yeah. Walking Flying settled eight, and Cherry Tortini settled eight. Outside of that, it was, it was fairly on pace suited, and I've clarified. I hope why I thought Cherry Tortini was blessed to do what it did from that position. Um, what Cordelia's done is come from like 11th and sort of four wide line and killed him. It was heavily backed. I couldn't understand the, the, the support for the horse. It hadn't shown like that big figure. It was just the form, I think. That last start yeah. form, was it Packenham? I remember we t- we, yeah. I briefly I've mentioned actually, it. But, like spent like most of Sunday figuring out this angle of how these people found this horse. So trying to sort of uh, learn a bit because I didn't find this horse. Mm. And what it did was really impressive. The way the market did it, that supported it, said it was going to do what it did. Um, big, big win. Proper horse. Nothing flash to the figures, but just a really strong win yeah. versus the pattern. Uh that's probably enough for Flemington, Pete. Anything else I should mention? Do you want some horses to follow, I guess? Yeah, not really. <laughs> Only if you want to. Uh, look, race of the day in terms of the betting fluctuations was in the first. Um, go back and we can have a look there. First race, uh, it had that shorty sense of honour. That's probably why there was so much cash traded on it. So that's about it. Um horse to follow I'll put in uh, Victoria Star I thought Victoria Star was a really really impressive performance oh, very good um, Belmont mate Belmont yeah uh, pretty good meeting at Belmont um, we saw some really big figures <coughs> on the card there Showmanship's now posted a career peak again over 1400 it basically just maybe just like... before you start for me and I'm sure most of the listeners how and why does this horse just keep going around in these races at like a dollar thirty and just killing them? Because just because there's nothing else for it to do. Yeah, it's just going through the grades, like classically going yeah. through the grades. It's on track to be contesting Group One races come spring, and it's hard to see anything beating it in the railway stakes. So the only small query would be it hasn't raced over a mile yet. It's probably just a matter of time. Um, it will go around in the proper races come springtime in Perth. And it will be entitled to go around favourite in all of them, and it will probably win them on their ear, not on its ear. It's a proper horse, and then you'll see it next uh, autumn or spring over in the east, and just a, another one of the Bob Peters brigade. They're shipping four horses across as we speak via truck because the the planes aren't in operation. So Superstorm, Regal Power, Arcadia Queen, and 
Uh, it must be perfect jewel. They're all coming across for an attack later this year. So, you know, the Bob Peters machine, it's the best there is from a black type strike rate point of view in the country. This time next year, showmanship will be on the truck. You're saying it did close just through the line like it wants every bit of a further trip yep. off a really strong early tempo. So there's all just a stack of merit to the form. Yep, exactly. Um, look, the other horse that actually equaled the performance of the day was Long Beach, the stable mate. Um, the trial itself was pretty good. It just suggested potentially sometimes the stable, they need one before they, they really click into gear, but no, it's just returned with a huge PB. Uh, is a proper horse, so is Indian Pacific, double bubble on its day, can post a good figure, but Long Beach, the ride from Pike was just absolutely outstanding. Um, there was a small query, I thought, on the day with horses getting out too wide in the straight. We saw Nerodio out in about lane 10 or so, picked up really well going through the line, just peaked late on the run. Long Beach has just gone so strong through the line. Pike's taken it back towards the inside ground. Sort of just peaked past the post, so it was an per, uh, inch-perfect ride from him. Um, again, like, it's a horse I still you can follow. Think he, he just grades me up big time with the, the Barry's bet and big time in Belmont at the moment, and I didn't watch, but I could tell by uh, the commentary from a couple of our, our team that he slaughtered the thing in race eight. Oh, I don't think it was so much a slaughter. I just don't think it's that good. Um, they've gone fast. Ah, I, I thought you were saying, you guys are saying it's just a poor ride. No, look, I went back and had a look. You've got to wait till you get all the data through, obviously. Um, I thought, given the way that the race was unfolding, it might have just probably been used up a little bit too early. No, it just, I don't think it's that good, to be honest. Um, you know, the, the winners posted a figure 3.1 above. That's okay. Um yeah, I thought it was probably he, slide overs, but he's right in um on in race nine. That was proper like goat riding. Yeah, I mean they were dead set. He made that mid race move three wide. He had to. They were going and, and then you look at the data. They've gone. It's the slowest yeah. they went all day. Like he, he's the one there that counts in his head. Goes. Oh, hang on, I'm going too slow here. Yep. It was an outstanding ride on Chantria in race nine. Um, the figures ugly, but. When he, when you're on a horse like he was, this horse can't go much faster than what sort of the first four in the run want to do. Yeah, it dictates its overall figure. So I think there's a lot more merit to the winner Chantriart than uh, the, the sort of data says here in race nine at Belmont. Any horses you'd like to follow from Belmont, Peter? Uh, look, there's probably a couple we can keep an eye on. Um, I think the the ride and the the tactics on La Farola. Uh, suggests that next start, if it draws a gate, it'll go forward and it'll probably kill a field. Uh, Dates is a part owner, so I'm sure he'll enjoy me throwing that out. But uh, that, that the riding's been on the on the wall with that horse the first couple of starts is prep. It's it's in for a win very very soon. Outside of that, it was just a meeting at Belmont, um, as they all tend to be. There's uh, a few frustrating losses. I mentioned she's got to you traded the dollar three in the run. Um, Luckily, we also backed Snickerdoodle Dandy and blow me out, so oh, we actually backed the trifecta. But she's got to use the Snickerdoodle Dandy was probably off the canvas. That yeah. was that was big. I love that. I yeah. needed that at that point in the day. Yeah, not uh, great for the Snickerdoodle. Stop, stop talking about self-interest. Think of the think, think of the subscribers and think of me who took the the bet of early price. Just anyway, what can you do? I am look. Uh, 
I'm still betting everything he says. People suggest I just actually bet it myself because I'm too busy. But we also have built a um, a device which places wages for us as well. Uh, and I, I'm just here. I'm never going to lie. Um, and the, I, I saw that the bot was on Snickerdoodle Dandy, and I watched the race, and it was gone, and it found, yes. and it gave me a little bit of a lift because I just watched um, Sense of Honor win when I should have acted and didn't. Uh, I, I almost backed El Faris, which just grabbed me up when it probably should have won but didn't, and then I backed Alcione, which should have won but didn't, and then I didn't back Persian, which pissed him. So I was a bit shaky, Peter. All right. I just need a bit of a lift. Anyway, you, you got like the box trifecta. You got like the first four in that race, I think. No, just the first three. I only send out three numbers. There's no point sending out four when you only have to send out three. Um, fair, fair, fair commentary. Almost back Fred Dag in the last and then sort of left it. Thought it might just get a fraction too wide and in the end it did because it loomed and I think got in front and then got nailed by resistance late on the line. So, yeah, it was it was a fun day of punting. Um, don't want it again, though. We'll just leave it. We'll push on there'll be better meetings i think coming up over the uh the coming months and i'm actually looking forward to getting back to ascot and i've still only got uh, what three months for that to happen so anyway matt come quickly <laughs> the fastest last 600 400 of the day at belmont was in race six it was she's enchanted and the fastest last 200 meters of the entire day this horse flew late was in race five so war so war how are we saying that one so war so war so well, uh, that's been the deep dive power of punningform.com.au and betfair.com.au. Uh, head to the mailbag.com.au. Nick Tedeschi's NRL mail is, is flying and so is Candine's AFL mail. If you want to get on board, do it today because they'll be sending bets out probably tomorrow, a couple of early bets where they're beating the, they're constantly beating the handicap on these early bets. It's outstanding way drink. Um, I bloody love it. The finish of the weekend yesterday, not only to back the uh, the the Giants and to get the overs it was a big bet I also all up them and then just for them to beat Hawthorne the way they did was so fucking enjoyable <laughs> get a big dog up your horse then <laughs> back in your box the window the window is shut start the rebuild Clarko stop trying to change rules start changing your list well there it is punters righto 